everyone, and welcome to This Mom Loves. I'm Kate Wynn, a wife, a mom, a teacher, a blogger, freelance writer, TV guest, and podcast host, and you are listening to episode 25 of the show. Today, in my favorite things, I'm going to be giving my thoughts on the Rachel Hollis book, Girl, Stop Apologizing. In the lifestyle segment, I'll be talking about why moms should have some nice photos of themselves. And then my special guest today is Carrie Hansler. She's also a teacher and a mom, and she's the co-founder of the uh, Canadian small business Sweet Reads Box. And it's a subscription service, or you can just buy one box at a time. And it comes with a carefully chosen novel, a drink and a treat, and and an item that all go along with something to do with the novel. So it's a really fun gift idea or something for book lovers. And I'm uh, interested to see what she has to say later on in the show. So kicking things off, I know a lot of listeners have already read this book. So it's Girl, Stop Apologizing by Rachel Hollis. And it's the follow-up to her very successful Girl, Wash Your Face, which I've talked about on the show uh, way back near the beginning. I think maybe episode two. So I'm just going to share some of my highlights from, from the book now It's kind of ironic because I talked not too long ago about having inspirational message fatigue and really Rachel Hollis is the queen of the inspirational message. She has built her media empire basically by being an empowering voice for women. But there are some things in the book that are more than just sort of the rah-rah, you go girl kind of messages. She's got some specific things that I find helpful. So I'll get to that later. But um, it appeals to me because it's not just sort of that motivational rhetoric. There's actually some, some meat to it. So just a few different random things that I noticed in the book. One is I think I'm lucky because my parents didn't really mess me up in any way. Now, people who know me might be able to point out ways that they think maybe I uh, I could be better than I am, of course, but I don't really look back on anything and think, well, it's because my dad always expected this of me or it's because I was always like this with my mom. I don't really think that that has negatively impacted um, anything about me as an adult. Any mistakes and, and faults are my own, not sort of the way the way my parents raised me or messed me up. But a lot of times when I'm reading books by authors like Rachel, they talk about sort of that negative impact and things that are still lingering. So I certainly think I must be lucky that way. Um, one of the things I love that she talks about is... Women who think that they have to be everything for everybody else and not do anything for themselves. So she talks about, um, for example, this quote, uh, nobody is standing around after church on Sunday saying, there goes Becca, you know, she's devoted to self-care. What a good mama. Or, oh, look, Tiffany is training for her next half marathon. Look at all those hours she's putting into getting strong. What a good wife. And so she was saying kind of that's not how she was raised. That's not things that she heard. Basically, what we hear is that to be virtuous, it's more a case of, oh, she never, never does anything for herself. Oh, she just devotes her life to others. Oh, she's done everything for her children. And you know what? I don't really want that to be what they say at my eulogy. And I think I would kind of feel sorry for anyone if that's what I heard. You know, if it was just truly, she completely gave herself 100%. Like, I don't want to be a martyr and I'm not impressed by people. I mean, I know I want to give and certainly do things for other people and be there for my children, you know, in terms of what they need from a mother and be there for my husband and be there for my students. But I I kind of want to have my own needs met to my own fulfilling life too. And I'm kind of glad Rachel and I are sort of on the, on the same page about that. And I know I've talked before on the blog about, you know, how I always find whatever year I'm in seems to be the best year of my life, which I think again is a lucky thing for me. But I think growing up as a kid, I just knew kids were supposed to kind of do what they were told. You follow your parents and you follow the teachers and what's for supper is what's served. And of course, as a picky eater, I didn't always eat it. But, you know, the kids don't have the control. 
And I looked forward to being an adult where I could have the control. I can go to bed whenever I want, which is probably earlier than I went to bed when I was a kid. But I can eat whatever I want for dinner and I can go wherever I want. And I think that's something to look forward to about becoming an adult, not you know, the fact that when you're a kid, it's the best years of your life. And then when you become an adult, you have to give everything up to please your children. And I don't know, that's just not, uh, not the way I look at things. So, um, Rachel and I are on the same page about that. She also makes a good point about how personal growth is personal. So she gives just a random example that I know she made up herself, but she talks about, let's say there's this woman who wants to get more exercise. And so she talks about, you know, maybe her sister loves spin class. So she thinks, oh, okay, well, that's what I better do then because she's copying somebody else. But then it turns out that she hates group exercise and the spin studio is 40 minutes away from where she lives. And really it wasn't a fit for her at all. Or, you know, um, a mom who wants to make some more money. So she decides to join the same um, marketing company as a friend, but really she hates putting herself out there like that. And it's not a fit for her at all. So even though you might have the same goal as someone else, the way they go about it might not be the way you need to go about it. So you really need to think about personal goals and how you can um, can meet them without trying to copy other people. But on the same hand, she also talks about how if someone has done something before, so one of the excuses she names in her book is that people say, well, what I want to do, it's been done before. And she makes a really good point that you can follow what they've done as guidance, not to necessarily copy them, but to see what worked for them and what didn't. And I like this quote, you can combine their how with your why to create something epic. So even though it seems like something's been done before, it's going to be different because of of the way you do it. She's very open about her failures. I mean, one of her failures doesn't really seem like a failure. It's one of those humble brag things where she wanted to be on the New York Times bestseller list with her book. And then right away it wasn't. And she told everybody she wanted to be and put that goal out there. And then she talks about that as a failure. But then a few weeks later, it was. So really, she just had to wait a little bit longer. I'm not sure if I would call that a failure, but there were certainly some things she names in business that were failures of of her own. And I think that is something women should talk openly about and so that everybody knows that there are failures on the way to success for sure. She talks about a celebrity and I have in mind who I think she might be talking about because she says... um, She's beautiful. She seems like a genuinely good mama and wife, and she's made a big name for herself in the lifestyle space. She's become the woman that many mamas and homemakers want to be. And this would be an American celebrity for sure. So I have an idea, but I'm not going to say who I think it was. But she said that this woman was on the Today Show. And when they asked her how she does it all, so how she built her multi-million dollar business and parent and as well as being a good wife and everything, she looked right at the interviewer and said something like, oh, I'm just super organized. And so Rachel is talking in this book about how that's really a disservice because there's absolutely no way that that woman doesn't have help. And it's okay that she has help, but it should be something that should be acknowledged. And so I just kind of want to give a shout out here that I have a lot of help. And I do sometimes get the question like, oh, how do you have a blog on the side? And how do you, and you've got a podcast now too and whatever. I have lots of help. I mean, even just with my podcast, I have an editor who does the audio part of it. I do a heck of a lot of work myself, but there is someone helping me with the part of it that I don't know, the part of it that I don't understand and that I really don't want to have to learn. So thank you, Lucas, for that. But I want to shout out to my parents for the childcare, the rides, all that stuff, even just the moral support. Honestly, we couldn't be as successful as parents right now without them. I have a house cleaner. She comes two hours a week, keeps on top of the big things. So shout out to Brenda. I could not keep my house the way I do without that extra help. 
my sister-in-law, my husband's sister, she runs a home daycare. And so from just before they turned a year old, right until they started school, and then even after for before and after care, they went to their aunt's house. So the girls were so lucky that way and to have family care. So I certainly feel like she had a role in helping to raise our kids during those formative years. We couldn't have done what we did without her. Um, And even at work, I love now the kindergarten program, the way it works with the teacher and the ECE. So my my permanent ECE partner has had mat leave. So I've had a couple of of LTO occasional um, ECEs fill in for her at, at two different times. But all three of them have been such amazing partners to work together in the classroom. So anybody who thinks that our classroom runs really well or that the kids are doing well, it's so successful, it's because of a team. So I don't want to be like this other unnamed um celebrity who made it sound like oh she's just organized because guess what I am super organized too and that definitely is is a reason that I can get a lot done but I don't do any of it without without help and of course my husband too but he doesn't really like me talking about him publicly but I mean it is a partnership in our house that's how the whole the whole team win thing gets done is because of everybody so Rachel reminded me of that of course in her book she reinforces the idea of learning to say no which i think some people need to be uh, reminded about so if there's something right now you don't want to do and you're hesitating and you don't know how to reply or respond and say no just say no get that off your plate another interesting point she talks about is how it's okay to want to look good and she mentions getting her breasts done after breastfeeding three of her babies she also talks about you know hair extensions lash extensions and all that stuff that you can be a good person i mean she's a christian woman and she wants to serve and support people and you can do so much good in the world and it doesn't negate that if you want to color your hair or it doesn't negate that if you want to you know get lash extensions like she does or whatever and i certainly am on board with that stuff too i mean i like my shellac manicures and i've been going for Lash lift is what I've been getting done because it's uh, less time intensive and not quite as expensive as as doing the lash extensions. But all sorts of little things that that I do, and I like to think that I'm not a shallow person and and I do good for the world. But I do think it's okay that that I want to look good too. So I appreciated that part of the book. And then something really specific that was helpful. She was talking about when you were setting goals for different things, focus on the to-dos, exactly what needs to be done. So people will say vague things like, I want to hit the sales target this month, but what exactly are you going to do today on your to-do list to help you hit the monthly sales target? So I'm going to close one new contract today or whatever it is that's actually more specific. And I know I can relate to something she talked about, like, okay, so you might say today, work on manuscript. Well, what does manuscript mean? So I have mentioned before that I've got things all pulled together for a book that I want to write pages and pages of research, oodles of stuff and ideas and notes. And when I sit down and think, oh, I'm going to work on the book, it ends up I'm researching how to write a book proposal and how to market your book. And I spend hours online. And I mean, some of that information will be helpful eventually, but some of it I've already read a million times. And I consider that, oh yeah, I worked on the book. I did some research tonight. I've got enough research. I need to sit down and write. And I'm just not quite there yet to just sort of jump in and and do it. But some of Rachel's tips are, are helping with that. So those are my thoughts on Girl, Stop Apologizing by Rachel Hollis. If you have read the book, if you have thoughts, if you agree or disagree with anything I've said, want to chat about it, please reach out on social media. I am on Facebook and Twitter at This Mom Loves, on Instagram at Kate This Mom Loves. And my website is thismumloves.ca.
in the lifestyle segment today, I just really briefly want to talk about how I think moms should all have nice photos of themselves. So maybe you do not care how you look in pictures and you're happy to share them and spread them around. Doesn't matter if that's you, then great. More power to you. Skip this part. Go go right on to my interview with Carrie and you're done. But I know I do care how I look in photos and especially with the whole social media thing going on, having a website, I need some photos where I feel confident. And no matter what you do, like there are many different businesses where you need headshots or maybe you're involved in things where you have to send in some sort of photo, or maybe it's just honestly for your own online albums or whatever it is that you do. And I have discovered since I had professional photos done a couple of months ago that it's lovely to have those pictures that I feel confident about. And a lot of times too, it's moms who are taking the photos, you know, at parties and get togethers and things. And so even in terms of having pictures with your kids or pictures at events, it's nice to actually hand the phone to someone else or say, can you get some pictures so that you have some of those for keepsakes too. Um, But even people who just have social media accounts, just for your profile picture, it's nice to have something where where you feel good. So I hired a professional photographer. And again, that was because I do have a business. And she took tons of photos. I changed outfits a couple of times so that every time I go to post something, people won't be saying, oh, there's the purple shirt again, whatever the case may be. Um, the girls came along with me. So she actually got some shots of the two of them and some shots of us together, which I haven't received yet. Um, she gave me the first batch and I haven't got the ones that include the girls. So I'm excited to see those. But I just feel so good. I changed my profile pics on all of my accounts. I changed the header at the top of my blog. Um, and then on Instagram and, and other social media accounts where I'm starting to share things, I'm using some of those photos instead. And, and I love it. I did get professional makeup done too before I went, but obviously you don't have to do that if you're better at makeup than I am or if you don't like to wear a lot of makeup. I also recommend the UCAM makeup app, Y-O-U-C-A-M. I just have the free version and I use it when I just need to touch something up, like, oh, I wish I was wearing lipstick or a little bit of teeth whitening there, whatever. Whatever the case may be, I find that is an amazing app. If you can't afford professional photos, which I'm sure a lot of people aren't in the market for, think about photography students or even just any family members you have who do it as a hobby. Maybe they'd be willing to do it to come over and have dinner after or whatever, something you can treat them to. Or just even train your kids to take nicer shots of you that you can use filters on or whatever. But um, I have learned that that's something that has really perked me up a little bit is to have photos where I feel confident and happy to share them. Another little tech tip that many won't care about, but that I just learned this week. You know, when you post on Instagram and you're posting a photo that's not a perfect square, so maybe it's landscape or it's, um, or it's portrait, but it's not square. So you post it and it's fine when someone's scrolling through their feed, but then if they just look at your account, probably your head's cut off or the sides are cut off because it makes everything look like a square. There is an app that you can use to put a border either on the sides of your pictures or the top if it's going the other way to kind of make it fit that square. So for example, the long picture in the middle, but with a white chunk on either side to make it fit the square so that that doesn't happen. And I actually learned this because one of the royal accounts that I follow, she was talking about when Harry and Meghan's at Sussex Royal account launched on Instagram. They had a little slideshow of photos and they had those borders. And she was saying in her Insta stories, like, oh, that's the, the hallmark of a professional influencer when they've got those borders so that you don't get cut off in Instagram. So I just messaged her. I said, how does one do such borders? And she said, there are apps for that. She said, I use no crop. So that's the one that I downloaded and I've used it a few times now. So some of you couldn't care less about that. But if you are an Instagrammer and you have noticed being cut off in pictures, 
and you want to start uh, cleaning that up a bit, the app is called No Crop. I'm really excited to welcome my special guest today, Carrie Hansler. So Carrie is the founder of a small business called Sweet Reads Box. And um, I'm really fond of this. It's a small Canadian business run by a teacher. And I have a soft spot for, for teachers and their businesses. And actually, Carrie and I were at Teachers College at the same time. We did the Trent Queens Con Ed program. And, uh, and we uh, were in the same spot at the same time way back then. And our paths have crossed now as Carrie is the guest on this week's episode of the show. Welcome, Carrie. Hi, welcome. Thanks for having me, Kate. No problem. So I'm going to jump right in. So Sweet Reads Box, each month there's a novel, a drink, a treat, special item connected to the book, that, and it all arrives in a box. It's a surprise for the, uh, the recipient, which I think is awesome. How did you come up with this idea? Uh, it actually started from me wanting to find this kind of idea to ask for for my birthday. I was looking for something that would be uh, a great read with items that went with it, but wasn't just stuff that I would accumulate. I wanted consumable items and things that were connected to the theme or the idea of the book. So I started researching and looking for things and I couldn't find what I wanted. So actually on a road trip with my partner, Mark, um, I said, I have this crazy idea. I really want to start a company that provides a product I was looking for. Um, and he thought it was a great idea. And that's sort of where it began. Very neat. So, I mean, you are a busy mom. You've got uh, twin boys who are nine years old now and, uh, and you teach as well. So what was the process like starting up a small business on the side like that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it began with a lot of research, um, some reading, and then a lot more research about whether this was a feasible idea, uh, trying to get a better understanding of, of the timing that would go into it, how this would fit into my life. Um, and in the end, what Mark and I decided was that it really suited our passions and what we're interested in. Um, and he's an accountant, so we sort of had a, a great sort of business um, model in terms of his expertise. Um, so that's where it began. And the process really focused on um, ensuring that we had sort of all of our ducks in a row ahead of time. We had an idea of products and reading and marketing, and we had a plan all set up. So from the idea till when we launched took about six months. Um, and a lot of that was done over the summer, which I think is when most teachers do <laughs> any of their outside of teaching work. Um, so I think that that's where I had the best creative space. Um, and we've had some help along the way from friends who have given us advice and suggestions too. And how do you choose each month? How do you choose the book and the accompanying items? Uh, yeah, that's the really fun part. Uh, the book part, um, Mark and I read constantly. Um, I used to read every book I started till the end, but now I don't. I don't have enough time to. So we read at least 100 pages of each book before we sort of give up on it. Um, but then any book that goes in the box, we read fully uh, and have loved and feel that it suits a, a broad enough audience for us to include it for our subscribers. Uh, once we've chosen the novel, then that's when we start to pair tea or coffee, depending on what the um, protagonist in the novel uses, or sometimes the setting of the novel. It's mm -hmm. hard to pick a novel set in, you know, London, England without a great cup of tea. <laughs> um, and then in terms of the other items, again, they suit with the theme. So 
For example, we used The Gown recently um, by a Canadian author um, about the making of Queen Elizabeth's um, wedding dress. And so we included a sewing kit um, and, you know, chocolate that actually uh, featured sort of a play on Queen Elizabeth. And then um, also included, you know, tissues and items and a face mask, things that you prepare for a wedding or enjoy, but were also enjoyable for um, our subscribers. Well, and I like how you mentioned earlier that you didn't want to just have a bunch of stuff. I like how you have the consumable items, like the drink and the treat. And and I know mm-hmm. I received one of your boxes for review um, back um, closer to when you started the business. And I liked that the things were useful things. Like some were consumable, yes. but the things that weren't consumable, you could actually use. It wasn't just more, because I'm kind of trying to be a minimalist and less stuff, but I yes. didn't feel like the box was just extra stuff. It was really neat how it all went with the theme and it definitely was stuff that I would use. Great. Yeah, that's exactly what we want. And we want, and if it's an item that um, isn't something you would use, we, all of our items are high quality items. Um, so they're in items that you could give to, you know, a friend or, or a sister. If you don't drink tea, then great to have when company comes over. So yeah. we try to be mindful of, of how people will use the items. Yeah, the things are quality enough that you can put them in the re-gift box and yes. <laughs> feel confident about giving them. And just to go back to something you said earlier, I have started abandoning books too. I'm the same as you where I used to feel like, I don't know, it was some kind of failure if I didn't finish it. But now I think that's yeah. awesome. It's so freeing to just decide, nope, this one's not for me and, and ditch it. I think it was all those books I plotted through in my English degree that uh, <laughs> that I had to read that I didn't give up on. Yeah. Probably. So you have done a young adult special edition box too. So how was that one received? Uh, That was received really well. We were really pleased with how it was received. We had a number of uh, subscribers and customers who loved YA fiction. Um, Because we run, um, you know, bestsellers and look at bestseller authors, then a lot of young adult um, boxes and books are surrounded in the fantasy uh, genre, which is not a genre that we feature in our boxes. So that was something that... um, we were looking for people, looking for young adults that was, you know, readable uh, and enjoyable by adults, but fit into sort of our mandate. Uh, people loved the novel. It was one of those boxes that, you know, you wish you didn't sell out ahead because I think once people knew the novel, they, you know, probably would have ordered more. So um, we will do another one, but we're not sure when yet. And are you looking at any other op- options like nonfiction or a children's box, anything like that? Yeah, we are. Um, it's hard because we just love our sort of loyal monthly subscribers and we we like to do additional um, treats. And we have a book lover's box that's just getting ready to go out. Um, in terms of a children's box, we'd held off because there was a great Canadian option um, that was supplying children's books in a book box. Uh, they aren't in business any longer. So that's something we may consider now. We try to be mindful of our other Canadian entrepreneurs and not um, spread ourselves too thin or encroach on someone else's um, you know, hard fought <laughs> business growth. That is very Canadian of you, Carrie, I must say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And you've got a Facebook group for box recipients to discuss the latest book. So I assume you're in on that. That sounds fun. Yeah, it is really fun. Um, and it depends on the book uh, and where they're at in reading in terms of engaging in questions. Um, and some books bring it lots of dialogue and other books 
uh, don't. Uh, it just depends, I think, on times in people's lives as well. We've done some Facebook Lives with authors as uh, at the beginning, but harder and harder. Uh, lots of our authors, I find, you know, are really busy in promotional tours once we're, mm-hmm. you know, when they're getting ready to launch a book or it's, you know, just out in paperback. So um, we'd love to get our subscribers more engaged in the discussion because I think that's the best part of a book is talking about someone after you've read it. So. Yes. Yeah, We're still no, crafting I, that. <laughs> yeah, I agree, though. So I know there are listeners out there who maybe run small businesses or thinking about running small businesses. So for their sake, I'm curious to know, what would you say have been some of the highs and the lows of, of the Sweet Reads business? Um, yeah, uh, the ones that have frustrated me the most is when you've placed an order with a company for a product, you know, a couple months in advance. We try to order three months ahead. Um, and then something happens and the product doesn't get here on time and it delays us shipping. Um, I find that so frustrating because I feel like I personally let subscribers down and, um, I get that we're a different business model, but we're, you know, it's really hard for most of these product companies. They think of us like a retail shop. So if your order doesn't arrive by, April 5th, it doesn't, it's not as much of a crisis as if you're waiting for hundreds of boxes to go out. Um, that's been really hard for me. I, I, I really dislike that, uh, and haven't found a way around it without, uh, you know, it it just happens, I guess. Um, that's been hard. And then certainly, um, uh, I would say that that's the biggest one that comes yeah. to mind immediately. Um, and then I think there's highs and uh, highs and lows of sort of sales uh, right. where you our Christmas box. Uh, you know, we set a number and it sold out um, in about 10 hours. Uh, and wow. so we, we increased the number and doubled it and then, um, you know, got that to go uh, and was able to get more out and it still sold out so quickly. Um, and then other months, like certain months of the year, I think just people don't have birthdays or, um, (laughs) I don't know what happens in those months. Um, so we've sold it before every shipping. Um, but I would say there's definitely some moments, um, a month out where I think, Oh my goodness, this is it. This is the month where we're going to have hundreds of boxes unsold. And, and, you know, it's a bit of a guessing game. So I think that's a high and a low where you're, hoping people buy it. And then, uh, you know, if it sells too quickly and people are disappointed. So I would say it's, it's an exciting roller coaster for sure. Yeah. And you do have people as a subscription box sign up for a certain number of months, but they can buy one month at a time too. So I can see how that would be, be hard each month Mm -hmm. not to know what the sales are going to be. Yeah. And gifts, I would say that most gifts are either a one month or a three month. And then people buying for themselves who love it will do six months and often renew before their six months is over whenever we run a promotion. So now obviously you are a very avid reader. So what are some of your favorite books or who are some of your favorite authors that you recommend? Absolutely. Um, I would say one of my all time favorite novels is the alchemist by Paulo Coelho. Um, it's a fable. It's not uh, the type of novel that I, I normally read, but I think it's such a beautiful metaphor of life. I would recommend it to my students, to my friends. I've given it as a gift to a number of people at different stages in their life. Uh, so that's one for sure. 
Um, Michael Andachi, I love Michael Andachi's writing. Uh, the poetry of it is so beautiful. Um, Richard Wagamese, who unfortunately, um, you know, we featured his last novel, Starlight, but uh, because he's deceased, is, is not writing any longer. Um, and Thomas King is one of my all-time favorites as well. But, you know, I'm a true, I think it's definitely that Trent University uh, experience. <laughs> I'm a true can-lit lover yeah. um, and historical fiction lover. Those are really uh, where a lot of my passions are, but I'm getting much more into thrillers and, and other types of novels that I haven't read in the past. Now, your boys are nine, as we mentioned off the top. Are they as keen about reading as you are? They are. And I, I think that, um, you know, me reading to them when they were young made a really big difference. And I still read to them every night, at least half an hour. Um, I don't get to pick the books anymore, which is sadder <laughs> for me. Um, but I was the mom that, you know, cried through reading the end of Charlotte's Web. And yes, they weren't nearly as emotional as I was. <laughs> but, <laughs> Uh, now we're onto Minecraft books and all kinds of stuff, but, um, you know, they are, and they love everything from, you know, books about the world to, you know, to junior novels. And, and, um, I think that's really special. And I, I really believe that modeling reading encourages reading, um, because it's, uh, and it's so great to share reading with your kids at any mm -hmm. age, I think. Well, and I know when I used to teach kind of your boys age, the grade three, four kind of range, nonfiction was really big for boys too. And I used to always tell parents, any reading is good. I think sometimes they think, well, no, I really want to read classical literature, but if they won't, then at least <laughs> it's got to be fiction and it's got to be, you know, a bestseller yeah. or something, but really anything. I mean, the graphic novels, the nonfiction, all of that stuff, it's, it's all reading and it's all valuable. Yeah. And we subscribed a lot to those Canadian kids magazines like Chickadee and, and that yes. kind of stuff that I read as a kid. And my boys love them coming in the mail. Uh, it's the only mail they really get. So, uh, and I'm super happy if they're reading each night is, is magazine or, or, you know, whatever they're interested in, that's where reading or the love of reading comes from. Yeah. And as twins, do they have the same taste or do they like different things? Uh, you know, for the most part, they like the same thing. Uh, yeah. They're identical twins. So um, they and they are each other's best friends and playmates. So usually the same thing, um, but some divergent interest in terms of, you know, science versus history, um, that kind of thing. And the last thing I always ask my guests is, do you have a This Mom Loves or a favorite thing to share with listeners that you think they might appreciate? Mm, that's such a great question. Besides um, the Sweet Reads box, of course. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Could I name off all the sweets we've included? Because they were all amazing. Um, <laughs> in terms of what um, I would say uh, that I love, uh, my favorite snack while working on Sweet Reads box is Toronto popcorn. And we've featured them a couple times. Uh, and they're a great uh, popcorn <laughs> company located in Kensington Market in Toronto and um, they have the best flavor so if I was going to say you know if you needed a great sort of sweet or salty snack well uh, munching away and supporting a small business um, yeah that would be one of my faves right now um, Toronto popcorn 
Yeah, they're delicious. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Well, I will have a link to the Sweet Reads Box website as well as the social media accounts in the show notes for this episode at thismumloves.ca slash podcast. And this is episode 25. Carrie Hansler, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Kate. Truly wonderful to talk to you. And that brings us to the end of episode 25 of This Mom Loves. Thank you to my podcast editor, Lucas Wojcicki, and thank you to all of you for being here. Until next time, have a great week.